preparations and pandemics. In the theme from Random Thoughts from a Therapist, with random posts and ideas connected to current times and trends, mostly sparked by something dramatic in our nation's media-fed and media-based times, today, like most days, I attempt to randomly throw out yet another third option in a world of only two. Third option alternatives are offered as a way of adding broader viewpoints and expansive perspectives where black and white, right and wrong, good and bad divisions seem to, by their very nature, aid in dysfunction. That is to say, in any double bind, and according to so many of the people I have worked with and serve, a third option is often all that is needed to giving way from being stuck to beginning to move. And so, here goes. Today it is fitting, it seems, to throw out alternative views in a world that is screaming about the preparations of a pandemic and what could have been. Odd, really, the idea of being prepared for a pandemic. The very definition of the word suggests that its power, the power of the pandemic itself, is so inherent to what makes the disaster pandemic worthy that being ready, getting ready, and stopping it or preventing it is going to be and was very, very difficult. Pandemics, by definition, are that. History tells the story, though, time and again. Pandemics mean that the masses and entire cultures are forever changed. Yet that's not the real story. The real story is the one of lives lost and where heroism abounds. Often, long after a pandemic is over, what is remembered most are the lives lost and the heroes. It isn't the leaders of the time, the health organizations or the political organizations or who called it correctly or even who called it wrong. What's forever recorded in the annals of history are the young, the old, and the heroics in a time that a world could never have braced itself for, such as a pandemic. Oh, sure, it's easy enough to look back at what could have been done. Assuming what is known now in looking back was actually known then, which of course is not possible. This too assumes that those who speak of what could have been, as it is directed at another, that another who is listening to and looking at the same credible sources is that one who is complaining. And therein lies another glitch to a should-have-been thought pattern. Not everyone looking back relies on the same sources of information. And the argument over who could have been most correct is a reverse-engineered, told-you-so kind of thing with the variance of who is or who was listening to who, and then, of course, when. It is a circular mess to reverse-engineer something with today's information to say that could have been is true. There's no such a thing as a could have been in the past. So, what is the third alternative in a pandemic. As far as preventing it, there's nothing to say. Given that you and I and most of the world is and has been in some kind of a locked up, limited freedoms kind of status. To be sure, these are different times. That title, Different Times, was a video that I shared and posted on my other social media platforms. Ah, and these are times to do what you can, when you can if at all possible, to hug someone who is already near to you, 
Ah, that video, yet another one on social media, was found to be problematic enough by one large media conglomerate it was taken down due to some policy violation. I guess the idea of dancing alone and looking up and hugging someone, eating healthy and taking naps and simple love contradicted the social isolation view of things, at least by one very large global media. Do what you can. That's what that video said mainly, and sadly it was too much. Do what you can. Here's what we know in this pandemic, at least in my view. Apparently, essential workers and essential businesses are, and I quote, liquor stores. And those who are engaged in, and again I quote, the distribution of alcohol. Imagine that. That's definitely a third option. That essential businesses of alcohol and not mental health practices. They had to close and engage in social distancing and remote online therapy called telehealth as if it's now mainstream. While my practice has been doing it since 2012. Enough bragging. The idea that alcohol is essential and mental health services are not. Now that's a different way of looking at things. And we've certainly learned that in a pandemic. We've also learned that the world is a very, very small place. Sure, a trip on an airplane makes it so, but so does an oceanic breeze that connects all of us in microscopic ways. That when minimized, that of the microscopic items, and overlooked, this cellular thing can rear up and flare up and demand attention. Wealth and power will not prevent illness or death. Poverty and oppression will be the roots that are exacerbated by a pandemic. Sicknesses and speedier demise, too. These ones are even further harmed when an invisible disease shows up. That's what we know in a pandemic. No demand for equality or accusation about privilege makes this horrible human fact, this pandemic, any less of, well, a fact. Somehow, you and I both have failed to take care of each other for reasons of bias and prejudice, and maybe even the word as harsh as it sounds, ignorance or ill-informed. And possibly it's an an outright unwillingness to see the other as our equal, not our less. Yes, we have seen this in the pandemic, too. Healthcare is not ready. Or if it is, it isn't able to do what many say it can, should, or will someday do. How long have we been talking about health care and someday? Businesses are not all that rich and stable after all. In less than two months, bankruptcies are beginning and three big, big corporations have already filed and more bailouts are being talked about and are claimed to be needed. Politicians don't have enough money to save you and I. We who cannot pay our rent and we who cannot keep our jobs. Government employees go on with wages, health care, retirement, and paid time off, while those the government supposes to serve went and do go exactly without. Disbursements of money on a national platform, well-intentioned and all as it may be, is flawed and delayed in many cases. The filers of returns got the free money first, and the disabled and the non-filers, those who are less fortunate and less well-off, Still, many have not gotten their stimulus tax credit. I wonder what the tax credit actually means next year when we all file. The city, as a 
City is not necessarily the best place to be. Some of the biggest hotspots are in the city. Now, the wealthier centers of many cities are lessening in their population. The workplace is no longer just in the office. Remote is actually mainstream. Family has taken on new meaning, cramped up by four walls. Now at home, it is either better or worse, or maybe just the same as it was before a lockdown. Masks can be stylish and online businesses can grow, even as brick and mortar may not. Banking, housing, stock markets, savings accounts, pharmacies, none of them have the answer and none of them have enough. It's the same across the world. My cynical view of COVID is this, bluntly speaking, Americans, as are many on the globe, are in trouble. COVID is a part of that story. Really, though, COVID is just the expose. Politics, healthcare, earnings, and the state of businesses are all being exposed. The disparities are, too, and they're evident more now than ever. This, in this nation of supposed equality for all, COVID-19 shows the frailty of healthcare, the frailty of the vulnerable, the frailty of a paycheck-to-paycheck debt-ridden business and culture, the shambles of a banking system, a health insurance system, and the frailty of U.S. politics. Cynical as that may be, here is another part of the third option, the one about people. What America needs is us. It is in our community of common frailty. It is in the operation of human equity and equality. You and I looking out for the beneficence of ours and theirs, where growth in the midst of a pandemic can still occur. The third option here is simple. Do what you can to love on yourself and love others. Blame less and care more. Fight less and love more. Put down less and build up more. Be right less. Be wrong when it helps. Consider a bit of silence, if for nothing more than to energize your focus. Take what is your extra and find where there is deficiency and take from your excess and give to their deficit. Next to you is a person and they are significant. Look for your power in this instead of attacking all power. Teach the unlearned and stop damning them. Assume that you can learn instead of assuming you know. Listen more, speak to, and speak for less. Check in a lot. If not in person, then by phone or video or a letter. Remember those letters. No matter how small you make something or someone, no matter how wrong you make them or even how wrong you make you, no matter how bad or awful you make them or you, just know and just remember that they and you matter. Build up, love more, speak with regard, care more, give more, know that no matter what justifies their minimization or its minimization, everyone and potentially everything is significant. These are what a pandemic can reveal. A little-known virus, unbeknownst to man not more than few months ago, has covered the globe and singly, microscopic as it is or was, has changed just about everything. And that was very small. I would argue there's no such a thing as insignificant. Do what you can, look up, eat something healthy, give a little bit, get a little exercise, call a friend, hug a loved one who's already near you. And now I'll wrap up with this. 
A granddaughter who wanted to hug her grandmother and grandfather, locked away in their own quarantine. With the help of a family member, built a clear protective door covering with plastic sleeves that went in two different directions. Two of the sleeves, taller, went one way, and two of the other sleeves went another direction at a lower height. The clear covering attached to the front door of Grandma and Grandpa's house made for a plastic-coated barrier. With hands and arms and bodies such that Grandma could insert her arms into the plastic in one direction and the granddaughter could insert hers in the opposite direction. Next, leaning into each other while giving and getting a hug. Masks on, quarantine rules and laws abided by, and a bit of childlike ingenuity with familial help made a plastic barrier hug possible. And last but not least, it made pretty darn cool social media too. And that is my random thoughts from a therapist post today.